Welcome in. It is a Monday. We actually have uh, real football on uh, Saturday. Looking forward to that. Saturday, it'll be Nebraska and Northwestern from Dublin, Ireland at 1130. It's kind of a, uh, you know, we're still, we're at, we're at the table in the restaurants and we've got one appetizer that's pretty decent, but we are ready for the full course meal. And this appetizer, like, like what's a what's an average appetizer? An average appetizer, like you this. Mean like, this like, isn't blooming onion quality. This isn't Mont Queso quality. Okay, so you're thinking like jalapeno poppers. Yeah, here. it's it's like an appetizer. You're hungry. All right, that'll work. That's Nebraska Northwestern coming up on Saturday, right? Because the rest of the appetizers, we've got uh, North Texas at UTEP. You know, it's the Sooners' first-week opponent, so you'll be able to scout their opponent in week one and in week three. You've got Nevada at New Mexico State, Austin P at Western Kentucky, Idaho State at UNLV, UConn at Utah State. Hey, this is Utah State. Wyoming at Illinois, Duquesne at Florida State, Charlotte at Florida Atlantic, Florida A&M, the Rattlers at North Carolina, and Vandy at Hawaii Lakes. So, again... We're in a restaurant, but we've got one decent appetizer really on the menu, and that's it. We're waiting for the meal to come. But at least we have a decent appetizer coming up this weekend. So am I fired up to watch Nebraska Northwestern? Absolutely I am. 11.30 Saturday. Let's go. Nebraska and Northwestern. Why is Nebraska so heavily favored? Uh, last year they beat Northwestern 56-7. to You want to know hey, bizarro factoid of the day? Sure. Nebraska went one and eight in Big Ten play last year, and their point differential in Big Ten play was zero, and because they, they beat Northwestern yeah, right. by forty nine points. That's and right. Lost the other eight games by a combined forty nine points. Isn't that amazing? And Nebraska in that game against Northwestern in Lincoln last year had six hundred and sixty yards of total offense and their victory over Northwestern. So we're going to talk about that. By the way, welcome in. Steel Man and Thune here on a Monday. Hope your weekend went well, and uh, we're getting closer. We are drawing ever so closer to Sooner football, 12 days away now from the opener against Texas El Paso. We're going to talk more about that here in a little bit. Plank had some real good stuff. He got heard from Brent uh, this weekend at the Sooner Club get-together, so I jotted all that down. I sat in the parking lot listening to Plank jotting down notes. All of it coming from uh, Chris Plank, by the way. Attribution. You've got to give attribution aggregators, you know. So we're not going to aggregate, audio aggregate Chris Plank without giving him credit for the information that he got this weekend. Is there some subtweeting going on here? No, not really. I'm okay. just saying. Just, they're, they're just checking. Just, there are a lot of aggregators out there. You know that. It's We, we live in an aggregator's world. So... Uh, before we talk about what's happening this weekend, again, in uh, Nebraska Northwestern, 1130 in the morning, Dublin, Ireland, and uh, again, Nebraska, I think is a 19-point favorite in that matchup against the Wildcats. But let's talk about recruiting because this Friday is supposed to be a very big day for Oklahoma. All right. Uh, talking about Macari Vickers coming up on Friday, right? Going to make a decision for Oklahoma. It's almost a certainty. Now, what is the update? Because Anthony Evans was also scheduled again for Friday, and a lot of people thought strong Oklahoma lean. What is the latest? Is Georgia a bigger factor than we thought? Georgia has made a very successful run 
at Anthony Evans to the point where this thing has gotten a lot tighter. And as of right now, I would think taking the temperature of the industry, the recruiting industry probably favors Georgia right now slightly for Anthony Evans. Now, I just I want to be upfront with everybody about this situation because you see expert predictions go in in favor of Georgia. And naturally, folks are going to start to hit the panic button a little bit. And they're going to start to overreact. After all, this Sooners coaching staff has been white hot over the last couple of months. They haven't taken a legitimate L on the recruiting trail no, they haven't. in quite some time. So I think most folks figured uh, that Anthony Evans was going to be a Sooner and you didn't have to think twice about it. That was kind of where things were trending for a while. But Georgia has gotten themselves right back into the thick of this thing. And they're is, the defending national champions. Is this Mike, a, is this a coin now, flip now, or do you favor Georgia Friday? I, I, here's the thing. It is not a certainty right now that he goes to Georgia. It is not a certainty right now that he goes to Oklahoma. This is going to be a very interesting few days. And as of right now... This thing could swing either direction. That's that's why if you look across the recruiting industry, you see predictions for Georgia. You see predictions for Oklahoma. Now, as I evaluate this situation, here's what I think. Is there a legitimate chance that Anthony Evans is a bulldog by the end of the week? Yes. Not disavowing that at all. But consider the factors that are at play here. Proximity. Proximity. Anthony Evans decommitted from Arkansas in the first place in order to take the OU visit. Anthony Evans has an excellent relationship, not just with LaDamian Washington, but with Jackson Arnold. So it's not as if relationships aren't as strong at Oklahoma as they are at Georgia. The relationships are strong both places, and that's why those programs are his final two right now. And also, you got to think about what Oklahoma has done over the years for young wideouts, specifically young wideouts cut from the same cloth as Anthony Evans. Anthony Evans is your next Hollywood Brown. I know that's a lofty comparison, but the second he puts on the Crimson and Cream, Anthony Evans is one of the fastest players that it has ever donned that uniform. We're talking about a guy that runs sub 10-3 in the 100 meters. He has truly elite speed. And so when you look at what Oklahoma has been able to do in terms of production and NFL draft value, for wide receivers whose primary uh, asset at their disposal is speed. The Sooners can offer a lot in terms of history and in terms of proven track record with players of that ilk, more so than Georgia. Who Think about this, Mike, and I know George Pickens has had a nice camp for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. When was the last time Georgia put a viable wide receiver in the NFL draft. When was the last time you saw a Georgia wide receiver? First off, Georgia has never had a 1,000-yard receiver. That's crazy. Ever, which is wild. But you think about what Georgia receivers have done, or rather not done, at the next level. Really, the only guy that comes to mind for me over the last 15, 20 years is A.J. Green. And A.J. Green has had himself a pretty decent mm-hmm. NFL career. Yeah. But in the grand scheme, that's that's one guy. Like, that's one guy that has gone to the University of Georgia and had a successful professional career as a wide receiver. So, I'm still of the opinion that as things get down to crunch time here for Anthony Evans and as decision date draws near, Oklahoma is going to give him a lot to think about. 
And I don't know which way this thing swings right now. My prediction, the end of the July following the party at the Palace, uh, which he was not in attendance for. That was just kind of how the timeline matched up. Uh, but my prediction favored Oklahoma at the time. I'm going to stick with it for now. It's subject to change down the stretch here, depending on how things unfold over the next few days. But this is going to be a tightly contested battle, and it's legitimately one of those recruitments that could go either way at this point in time. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. And, uh, again, so you're thinking, yeah, Heinz Ward went to Georgia. So did McCole Hardman. But, again, Heinz Ward's going back a while, though. I mean, it's going yeah, it's back 25 a while. That's years. like going back to Champ Bailey or – you know, and Champ Bailey played both sides of the ball right uh, for a while. Nicole Hardman, yes, with Kansas City. But uh, I still think the Sooners' track record with wide receivers is better than Georgia's. Now, again, if you're Oklahoma, what you're hoping again, when you when it comes down to making that decision, how much will the parents play a role in that decision? They want to see their kid play, obviously. It's a lot longer trip. From uh, Converse Judson is in is that in the uh, San Antonio area? Yes, it is. Right, San Antonio. Um, and again, going from San Antonio to Norman is a lot shorter trip than it is to Athens, Georgia, to watch your kid play. So maybe that comes into play as well. But um, again, I, I think that Georgia certainly has become a much bigger factor here down the stretch. So right now, Friday, you're looking at. Almost assuredly, Macari Vickers making his announcement for Oklahoma, and then it's uh, you're going to have to sweat it out. Is there any chance he moves this from Friday? I think there is. Yes, I can. I'm talking about Anthony Evans, yes. not Vickers. No, yes, yeah, I can see that happening. It's because I think if you're if you're truly torn, and I don't think Anthony Evans has decided one way or another. From what I understand, I don't think this decision is final. I don't think he knows with 100% certainty whether he's going to Oklahoma or what, whether he's going to Georgia. So, yeah, I, I can see him pushing the decision back. It is a date that's been set for quite a while, though. So, in a situation like this, you almost feel like, well, he's going to decide one way or another, and then things might change later on, which is also a possibility. I don't think, I don't think this thing is going to be over if he commits to Georgia. I would figure Oklahoma and Jackson Arnold are still going to try to convince him that OU's the spot for him and he needs to reconsider. The interesting question now becomes what does Oklahoma do at the wide receiver position if they don't get Anthony Evans? And like I said, I don't think they would completely close that door, but you got to start looking at other options if that is the case. Does that mean they circle around to somebody like Mikhail Harrison Pilot, who's still uncommitted, or Micah Tease? who wanted to play wide receiver at Oklahoma, but Oklahoma liked him better as de- a defensive back, and he ended up committing to Arkansas. So I I don't know what the next step is if Anthony Evans is a bulldog, but I'm not, I, I do not think it is a foregone conclusion right now that Anthony Evans will be a bulldog on Friday. So let's just hold the phone here, see how the next couple of days unfold. He could be a bulldog. He could be a Sooner. This will be one that... Uh, is, there's probably some intrigue surrounding all the way up until the decision. 
Yeah, and again, on Friday, uh, Macari Vickers will announce his commitment. And again, we're not sure. Anthony Evans, will he pick uh, Oklahoma or Georgia on Friday? Could he move it back? We'll just have to wait and see. Stay tuned. want to thank our opening hour sponsor, as we always do, uh, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They'll do great work for you. Family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. Give them a call if you need AC or uh, heating uh, work done. They'll do a tremendous job for you. They've done uh, some work for us over at Chase Stadium, and uh, they were outstanding. Call them again at 405-579-3113. That's Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, just getting underway on a Monday. Let's come back. Baker officially named the starter, and you hear that, Doug? An unlikely person says he's rooting for Baker. What? We'll talk about that when we get back. All right, Baker Mayfield officially named the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers earlier this morning. And we knew this news really last week started to leak out, and we all expected that Baker was going to beat out Sam Darnold, and he indeed did. And, of course, over the weekend, the uh, Panthers got some bad news as well. Matt Corral out for the year, it looks like, with a broken foot. So uh, Baker Mayfield again will – Start the season for real on Sunday, September 11th, taking on Cleveland in a home game right there in Charlotte, North Carolina. That'll be interesting. Very interesting. One guy who said within the last hour that he is going to be rooting for Baker Mayfield, believe it or not, is one of his biggest critics, Colin Cowherd. How bad would the offseason be for Cleveland? Oh, so all this Deshaun Watson nonsense, and then Baker comes back with a rebuilding team and beats you. I tell you what, I've never rooted harder for Baker Mayfield. Really? This would be a huge moment in his life to go back and beat Cleveland. Yeah. It's absolutely great. The team great. that gave up on him. Well, yeah, and, and, and by the way, you know, they kind of broke his heart. I mean, this was his team, and they said, well, you're our guy. I think Baker Mayfield is incredibly easy to root for. He's better as an underdog. That's for sure. Absolutely. That's how he made his career in college football and then with Cleveland. This would be, if Baker didn't play for Carolina, this is an unwatchable game. (laughs) This is now a story. Yeah. This is a really fascinating opener. There you go. What? That was some crazy lounge music they had work in there, too. Direct quote from Colin Cowherd, May 4th, 2022. Sam Darnold got a second team to give him a chance. Baker cannot find a second team. That's the difference. There you go. Yeah. But Colin Coward, he's rooting for Baker now. He's in Baker's corner. Probably not. But uh, this was something we all expected. I mean, Baker has been up and down. And, of course, he was way down last year. You can talk about injuries and everything else. But the Cleveland Browns also feel like they have a Super Bowl roster. Hey, let's roll the dice. Let's bring in Deshaun Watson. I know he's a creep, but, man, the guy can play some quarterback. But he's not going to play quarterback for a while. He's suspended, of course, now for 11 games, fined $5 million. So, uh, Jacoby Brissett, unless uh, Cleveland does something crazy, and, again, uh, you know, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, or I, I don't see that happening right now, but – uh, so you'll get Jacoby Brissett versus Baker in week one. Surely, look, 
Cleveland still has, I mean, uh, the, the one thing, they've got Miles Garrett. They've still got pretty good players, obviously, on that roster. Jacoby Brissett has started in the NFL before. He's won some football games. He's not a great quarterback. But if Carolina wins this game, that's going to be awesome. Be interesting to see what the line comes out by the time the game rolls around. The Browns are not going to be a very good football team this year, Steely. The Panthers have the opportunity to win some games, and a lot is on Baker's shoulders in that regard. But, man, the Browns are going to have a rough go of it, man. Well, they they started doing Cleveland things again, right? And they're going to have nobody to blame but themselves. The Haslams are going to have to wear this one. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, uh, no real surprise that Baker Mayfield, again, the news leaked out late last week, and uh, the Carolina Panthers made it official this morning that, yes, Baker Mayfield is going to be their starting quarterback in the opener Sunday, September 11th against Cleveland. That's a noon game on CBS. (laughs) Air Comfort Solutions text line. Cowherd praising Baker. This really is the end times. <laughs> the end is near. Another says he has to pretend to like Baker now since he wants to kiss Mule Shoe's derriere. Could be. Could be. He loves some Mule Shoe. Colin Cowherd, that's for sure. Another listener says Cowherd only supporting Baker now because he got checked and checked bad. Yeah, we, we kind of thought that would be the reaction from Oklahoma fans. Like, great, great to hear Cowherd's on board. It would be, they're going to rip the guy still. They don't like him that much. They do not like him that much. Okay, so again, we started talking a little recruiting stuff. And uh, the story this Friday, again, is going to be what happens with Anthony Evans. Any chance he pushes that date back? Because apparently it is a two-horse race coming down the stretch and it's neck and neck between Oklahoma and Georgia. Maybe the Sooners lead by a nose, but who knows? I didn't mean to double up on that redundancy <laughs> there, by the way. Very but nice, very nice. You would, I think if you're a Sooner fan, what you talked about, though, Parker, I, I think could be the deciding factor down the stretch. And look, sometimes kids make a decision, you know, I'm gonna, I don't care how far it is or whatever, but particularly if the parents play a big role in this decision and some parents – play more of a role than others do but Oklahoma Norman's a lot closer to San Antonio than Athens Georgia so we'll see and you're talking about again uh Anthony Evans from Converse Judson great speed four-star kid so you would love to get that's a heck of a Friday if you get Macari Vickers who they will get and if you get Anthony Evans as well I mean, that's a heck of a Friday right there. Hey, you're, you're chalking on the board for Macari Vickers, I, huh? I, I, you're like, they, every, they will get him. But, I mean, everything we're hearing, right, is they're going to no, get no, him, I, right? I, I agree with you. And I think that has the makings. I, I Yeah. Macari Vickers, in all likelihood, is going to be a Sooner. I think it would take a lot to change that over the course of this week. But a lot could change with Anthony Evans, and that is a recruitment that most every OU fan that is tuned in to recruiting is going to be especially tuned into over the next few days because this thing's getting hairy. Yeah, sounds like it. Okay, um, we had some questions, a couple other recruiting questions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Is OU making a push on defensive tackle Caden McDonald? Any chance Bates can land this kid that comes from Sam in Edmond? 
I have not really bought it between Oklahoma and Cade McDonald for a period of months now because he's one of those guys that has said all the right things about Oklahoma, and he actually has a lot of connections to Oklahoma, be it connections with Jackson Arnold, uh, who grew up in Georgia, or Ted Roof, or Brandon Hall, or Brent Venables himself. But regardless, at a certain point, words have to match up with actions, and for all of the nice things that Caden McDonald has said about Oklahoma all the times where he's taken pictures for recruiting reporters and analysts wearing OU gloves. He has not visited campus in a very, very long time. I, th- I don't know if he's been back to OU since March. And he's taken a series of visits elsewhere. He's in the process of booking his officials. I think he got four of them scheduled this past week, and Oklahoma was not one of the schools on the list. So, To me, he hasn't prioritized the trip to Oklahoma, and I think that's the reason why Oklahoma has placed their priorities elsewhere, be it with somebody like Jordan Renaud or DJ Hicks or even Marcus Deal, right? And so I do not view Oklahoma as a contender for Caden McDonald. If I had to pick right now, I believe he will be a Florida Gator. Florida's had a little surge working too, right? Florida has they, – they continue to recruit well under Billy Napier, and they will continue to recruit well. Now the challenge is, okay, what can you do on the field this fall? Because the SEC East is pretty wide open right now. It is. I mean, there are folks that are seriously drinking the Kool-Aid and believing that Kentucky can win that division. And, look, Kentucky's a good football team, but the fact that that's where we are in 2022, not only Kentucky but a program like South Carolina – has a legitimate shot to win the SEC East. I mean, it's anybody's ball game. Wait, I'm forgetting Georgia, aren't I? Georgia's in the SEC Georgia's East. pretty good, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Brain fart on my part. I don't know why I spaced on Georgia being in the SEC East as opposed to the SEC West. But, uh, but no, there are folks saying Kentucky can contend on that half of the SEC. So can South Carolina. Florida has to elevate themselves to that conversation on the football field this fall. Otherwise, at that point, you're just Texas. Yeah. Right? No and doubt. Billy, Billy Napier doesn't want to become Tom Herman. He doesn't want to be the guy that was the sexiest coaching hire in the land. And it was. Like, OU fans will dispute that, just like Miami fans will dispute that. But the national perception of the Billy Napier hire was that was the up-and-comer in this coaching cycle, much like Tom Herman was five years ago for the Texas Longhorns. So now you got to win football games. Yep. And you got to turn things around. Because if you don't, then you're just a guy who can recruit and can't develop. And you're Texas as a program at that point. All right. Uh, from the 918 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, weekly DJ Hicks update. Also, any truth that Keeley is a Sooner lean? No, no. Keon Keeley is a heavy, heavy Alabama lean right now. If he ends up visiting Oklahoma, and I know there's been some smoke in that capacity, I don't buy it. I would be surprised if he ended up making his way out to Norman at some point. Uh, On DJ Hicks, I still believe he's going to be a Sooner. Not a whole lot has changed as far as my perspective on the recruitment of the five-star defensive lineman. I believe Oklahoma is in the catbird seat. All right, break time. By the way, Doug and Norman reached out. Parker, I just ordered next year's Athlon College Football Magazine for you. I hope McCaffrey stays healthy for him. Talking about Baker 
Mayfield. Donald is reportedly entering the transfer portal. Yes, Doug uh, and uh, Doug Parker I had a wager. You. Had a wager on who would start, Sam Donald or Baker Mayfield. All right, break time right here. It's Monday. We have college football. Like I said, it's kind of a mediocre appetizer this weekend, but at least we're in the restaurant at the table. After a long wait, they finally called our name. You know, the little buzzer went off. We've got an appetizer, Nebraska Northwestern. And we'll hear from Scott Frost when we get back right here on Steelman and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Wow, we're going some Dio there, huh? Nice. Wasn't wasn't Dio himself the lead singer of Black Sabbath for a minute? Yeah, for a while. Ozzy? Yeah, I think so for a while, yeah. Yeah. I remember uh did he made an appearance on South Park once. He was like coming to their festival or whatever. Please welcome Ronnie James Dio. And uh, he had a little bit on South Park once. By the way, this Saturday uh, we have college football happening for real. And if you want to go to the greatest college football game of the year every year, that is the Red River Showdown. And you can win a trip courtesy of our friends at Riverwind Casino just by playing with your wild card. All right, so uh, this weekend, August 26th at 5 o'clock, is the deadline you need to be thinking about. Play with your wild card on all the electronic gaming machines out at Riverwind Casino. Rack up as many points as you can. I mean, you need to go like Oklahoma did on Texas A&M that year, 77 to nothing with a running clock, and it could have been 100. But rack up as many points as you can. Run up the score on that wild card. Because if you are one of the top three players who earn the most points, you're going to be awarded a trip to the Red River Showdown, including two game day tickets, hotel stay, ground transportation, the value of each of those packages at nearly $3,000. And if you've never been to Oklahoma, Texas, there is nothing like that atmosphere in the Cotton Bowl. It is electric. And again, you can get there. With the Race to the Red River promotion happening right now at Riverwind, get out there and close the deal. Keep using your wild card, playing on all the electronic gaming machines, and maybe you can be one of the lucky three to uh, win one of those trips to the Red River Showdown, courtesy of our friends at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, so Nebraska, Northwestern, 1130 on Saturday. Really, if you look at the rest of the schedule, there's, there's not a lot of good stuff, but it is college football. Like I said, one of the – Games that Sooner fans would probably watch would be a little bit of North Texas UTEP because UTEP is the Sooners' first opponent, obviously, September 3rd. But all eyes on Nebraska-Northwestern, 1130, playing in Dublin, Ireland. Second straight year, Nebraska's had a Week 0 game, right? Because I seem to recall they played Week 0 last year against Illinois. They lost. They ended up getting sauced by Arthur Sitkowski. Yeah, that's right. That's right, the QB for the Illini. So, um Nebraska, though, you you have a, a really good uh, grasp of the pace of the Nebraska fan base right now. Do the Nebraska fans feel like, you know what, it's just a matter of time before we become Nebraska again? Or are they coming to the realization that, you know what, we may never be Nebraska again? I don't know if that's on their minds. I think they're pretty focused on the immediate future and what's going to happen with Scott Frost. And I actually think – the vast majority of Nebraska fans are largely resigned to whatever this year brings because I think they figure, okay, you know what? We turn it around, great. Frost is the guy. 
uh, we'll start to build momentum. And at a certain point, we'll be ready to compete for Big Ten championships and college football playoff berths. If not, we can send Frost his merry way and bring on the next guy, whoever that may be. And then at that point, we can all get excited about whoever the new guy is. Frost was a, a really good hire. Nebraska fans were fired up about it. One of their own coming back. I know he started where at Stanford, but he ended up, you know, winning the national championship for the Cornhuskers. So, and he was he was really good at UCF. You know, when the UCF uh, program really started rolling, Scott Frost was right there at the apex of the uh, you know that season that uh, you know UCF claimed a. Uh, a mythical national championship, but uh, he doesn't. I don't know if it's just his personality. Now he doesn't seem like a real likable guy. Am I wrong, or is it just he's so embattled right now that he every time he appears before the media, he just I don't know. It's almost like I feel. As I don't though, want to be here. Yeah, I feel as though he was placed in a tough situation because Nebraska. I I don't want to say they were at an all time low when he got there. But they were pretty low when he got there. And you have no choice but to succeed when you're in Scott Frost's shoes. Because you are the golden boy for that franchise, or not that franchise, but that program, that fan base. They all revere you as the last guy to have led the program to a national championship back when you were the quarterback in 1997. Now, much like the conversation we were just having with Tom Harmon and Billy Napier. There was a time, and it was in that coaching cycle in 2018, where Scott Frost was kind of the sexiest name out there. That was the guy that was yeah, the, the, absolutely. the next head coach, the can't-miss prospect among college football coordinators and head coaches to be. And so when you walk into a situation where you have all that pressure on your shoulders and you are now commandeering a program that is regarded as one of the most fabled in the history of college football, and you're tasked with turning it around, Yeah, there's even more pressure on your shoulders as an alumnus, as somebody that is so universally adored by the fan base, than there would be for anybody else in his shoes because of his history with the university. And so Frost was in a tough situation from the get-go. He's in an even tougher situation now because it seems half the fan base is fed up with him and ready to shoo him out the door, and then half the fan base is acknowledging that the jury's still out and they're willing to uh, let this whole thing run its course before they move on. Either way, I think most Nebraska fans are looking ahead to 2023 more so than 2022. All right, here's what Scott Frost said the other day when he asked if he's uh, concerned at all that he's fighting for his job right now. I don't pay any attention to it. it any, any year you're coaching at a school like Nebraska or any of these schools in the Big Ten, there's going to be pressure to win. And um, you know, we certainly were playing catch-up with a lot of teams for a long time. I think we've done a good job closing the gap had our chances to win a lot more games than we have, it, it's our time to do it, and the pressure doesn't change. Uh, for the most part, we've been doing it the right way. Uh, it just hasn't led to the results we want yet. Um, this year's going to be different. Ah, we'll see about that. Northwestern, 1130, and Nebraska in Dublin, Ireland, uh, the best game of the college football weekend coming up. So, by the way, the I hear the offensive linemen are averaging 12 to 15 vomits per week. Is I, that right? The number that was quoted to me was 15 to 20. So 15 to 20 vomits per week. Wow. 
What is Howard Schnellenberger coaching there? Or what? I, I, the ghost of Howard come gonna, back or I'm what? I'm going to need some advanced metrics as to how vomits per week correlate to win probability. The VPW <laughs> index. <laughs> oh, man. Nebraska. I, I saw there were some liberals who got on Twitter and said they're not getting enough water. You know what? Football's a tough sport. You don't need a lot of water. I asked Howard. Sh- oh, yeah he, yeah. he was in a deposition. I'm sorry. That's right. Howard, try to pull the b- junction boys on uh, OU there for a while. The The greatest moment maybe in Howard history was, was it DeMond Parker who ran him over? I think it was, right, in the practice where Howard just did a complete, almost a backflip when Howard's, Howard was run over. I, I'm almost certain it was DeMond Parker. But like I said, I'm working, my brain's working with dial-up internet right now, so I can't be 100% sure. Zane in Tulsa on the text line asks, Nebraska fans better hope they don't fire Frost because who would they turn to? Uh, anybody? They haven't made a bowl game in Frost's tenure as head coach. An that upgrade is a good at question, that point though. is who- not that hard to find because the bar is not very high in terms of on-field success. You know, and this could be uh, a lot like the Josh Heupel situation at Oklahoma. Now, Josh Heupel was the OC, not the head coach. But again, when you have to let go of a guy that led you to a national championship, as Josh Heupel did, you know, uh, I don't think that Josh Heupel is, you know, real excited to ever get back to the University of Oklahoma, last I heard. If... Scott Frost no longer has a job by year's end. You know who I bet Nebraska would make a pretty decent play for? Hmm. Jeff Levy. Really? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Now, I don't think that's the direction that they should go because, as I've said many a time with regard to that Nebraska football program, I think the type of leader they need is a defensive-minded head coach who can recruit which is why I thought they should have written a blank check and shoved it in front of Marcus Freeman. But obviously, yeah, it, <laughs> too little too late at this point because he's now the head coach at Notre Dame. Oh, how about this one, the 913, Urban Meyer to Nebraska? Surely not. I mean, <laughs> it would uh, it would sell tickets. Of course, I guess that really isn't Nebraska's mm. issue at this point. They're yeah. selling tickets regardless. Wow, that's interesting. By the way, True Sooner backs me up. It was DeMond Parker, the most underrated back in OU history. Imagine if he'd stayed on for Stoops for a season. Yeah, DeMond Devon Parker could play. He had uh, the back and forth with Ricky Williams back in the day there in the Cotton Bowl, which was spectacular. Somebody asked on the text line, if you recruit for Nebraska, how do you sell Lincoln in that program? Well, it's been done before, and it's been done very successfully. History, you can still sell it somewhat on history and the fervent fan base, but – you can only sell that history for so long. I don't know if these kids, man, you remember back in the day when Nebraska had, you know, uh, Tommy Frazier and Lawrence Phillips and all those guys? No. They don't go back that far. Here's what you have to do, though, and this is something Frost and his staff have completely failed to do. You have to recruit your state, and you have to clean house. Because right now, I think Nebraska has six commits from within the Cornhusker state But if you look at the top five prospects in the state of Nebraska right now, there's one that's committed to Nebraska. Because Zane Flores 
the quarterback is going to Oklahoma State. Cade McIntyre is committed to Oklahoma. And the top wide receiver in the state, Benny Nagoy, is headed to Iowa State. So at this point, uh, the only top five prospect in the Cornhusker State that is committed to Nebraska is Gunnar Gatula, an offensive lineman from Elk or from Lincoln. Yes. And then the big, the big question mark Malachi right now is Malachi Coleman. Coleman. Yeah, he's so, he's he is uh, one of the best. You know, he's a five star guy, right? So, and Oklahoma's getting an official visit, and so maybe should Sooner fans be rooting for Northwestern to win fifty six to seven? Well, yeah, yeah. If you want Malachi yeah. Coleman, then yes. Yes. But and here's here's what I want to say: whether or not Nebraska ends up getting a commitment from Malachi Coleman will be an indication of whether Scott Frost still has a job at season's end. Now, what I'm not saying, what a lot of people are going to hear me say right there, and what I'm not saying is that Scott Frost's job is riding on whether or not he's successful in getting a commitment from Malachi Coleman. I think Nebraska's performance on the football field this fall is going to dictate the outcome of Malachi Coleman's recruitment, and it's also going to dictate the outcome of Scott Frost's career as head coach. Yeah, and that's why, again, September 17th looms large uh, for both the Sooners in Nebraska and the commitments and uh, as to who will procure the services of Malachi Coleman because uh, the Sooners are very much in the mix now getting that visit. All right, we're going to break right here, and when we get back, get some more of your texts in. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. All right, we're back. Final segment of hour number one here on a Monday edition of Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref radio Network, Air Comfort Solutions text line, always available to 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. You want to get there? Let's go right ahead. Zane says Nebraska is no longer an attractive job. I, I can't disagree, but it'll be attractive to somebody, especially if there's a lot of money involved and a lot of control, a lot of power. Those things are alluring. And so, if you're talking about the perception of the program, yes, I would agree with you. But these days, you can find a solid coordinator to take just about any coaching job. I'm trying to come up with a good recent example of a coordinator that left a pretty decent situation uh, to take a less than attractive head coaching gig. Hmm. Interesting Um, question. Rhett Lashley, I suppose, would be – I mean, he went to SMU. SMU is by no means a bad job, but he was previously the offensive coordinator at Miami. And so if you're talking about prestige, that's kind of a step down. So it would, it's probably going to be a step down in terms of prestige for whoever does take that job after Scott Frost, but it's probably going to come with an uptick in power and a significant uptick in salary. No doubt about that. By the way, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Tyler Shuck, also announced by Joey McGuire as the starter at Texas Tech. No real surprise there. It was surprising to a few people. I think there was some legitimate division as to whether or not Tyler Shuck or Donovan Smith was the best, uh, the better quarterback mm-hmm. on that roster. I'm When I look at what Zach Kitley has done, Texas Tech's new offensive coordinator, previously at Western Kentucky, I think Tyler Shuck is a pretty tailor-made QB. Better suited for, for the system. Kitley's system. 
And so if things don't pan out, you know you got Donovan Smith waiting in the wings and you can go to plan B. But I'm actually pretty confident that Tyler Shuck and Texas Tech can have a good year offensively. The question with Tech, as it always is, is, well, can they play defense? That's the biggest question mark right now. But they will score points, and they will score a lot of them with Zach Kidley as their offensive play caller. All right, and the, and the other kids are fantastic athletes. There's no doubt about that. But uh, Mike Elko, thank you, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Former Texas A&M defensive coordinator who left the program this offseason to take the head coaching job at Duke. There you go. All right. Grinch to Nebraska, says the 405. I mean, I I don't know how likely that is anymore now that he's gone out to USC. Steve Sarkeesian, but uh, is Texas a lesser job? <laughs> than Alabama it is, certainly. But, yeah, you know what the, the thought on Texas is? Well, somebody eventually is going to turn that around. It's too good of a job. And so far, Sark's 5-7. and seven. We'll see. I do think Alex Grinch will be looking for another job at year's end. Not because he's going to be fired, just because I, I, I don't think any of Lincoln Riley's assistants are necessarily in it for the long haul at USC because he sprung that move on all of them. Oh, uh, you, yeah. think, you think Brian Odom had coaching linebackers for the USC Trojans on his 2022 bingo board? Yeah, look, some of those guys, again, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. They had to make a decision, boom, I mean – Split-second decision almost to head out with Muleshoe. And when you don't know what your next gig's going to be and, uh, you know, you just don't have certainty that, yeah, can I get a really good job at another good university and uh, and make pretty good money? You have no idea. Uh, I mean, so a lot of those guys, particularly a guy like Brian Odom, I, I totally get it. You know, that was that, that had to have been tough. The old video of Mule Shoe and friends leaving in the night. Just like Robert Ursay and the Mayflower. Remember when we all thought Bill Biedenboe was going to be on that plane? Yes, Bill Biedenboe is a rock star there. There's no way. You heard what Bill Biedenboe said. He's got a house at Grand Lake. He didn't want to go anywhere. He's Bill freaking Biedenboe. By the way, happy birthday to Bill. I guess it was his birthday. I saw that. So. Yes. Cal me is a big Bill Biedenboe fan, no doubt. Okay, got to get out of here for hour number one. Uh, notes from the Sooner Club talk that Brent gave, courtesy of Chris Plank. If you missed it this morning, good stuff. We'll get to that when we get back here on The Ref. Keep it here on a Monday. Okay, back with you for hour number two, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV from our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And again, they've got a great, great guarantee. Oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Okay. So I'm listening to the plank this morning, and he was, uh, you know, hosting this uh, Sooner Club event over the weekend and uh, had a chance to be around Brent and hear what he had to say. He didn't reveal everything, but he revealed some good nuggets. So I, of course, I sat in the parking lot. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we got we to get this. So, again, this is all from our man Chris Plank, who does a great job, obviously. And in terms of names that were mentioned, who's standing out. Now, keep in mind – some of the guys you may not, it's kind of like the Anton Harrison situation recently. Well, what's going on with Anton Harrison? Well, apparently he's playing really well. Uh, but sometimes I think a coach, you know, that's when, you know, Brent has been hesitant at times 
to single out individual players, right? Because if you forget one, then there's an issue, right? Oh, what's going on? <laughs> we didn't hear anything today about Dylan Gabriel. Is he still starting? I mean, it doesn't get that ridiculous, but you know what I mean. And I'm, I'm, I look, I wasn't at the event. Plank was. I'm, some of this stuff probably comes from questions by Sooner Club members, and he, you know, talks about certain groups. But here's what Plank said in his notes. And Parker, I'm sure you've heard a lot of this, and you can concur. A lot of talk about Gavin Freeman, the preferred walk-on wide receiver, son of Jason. And what is Gavin Freeman like, 5'9"? Five five nine five ten yeah, five, right. Nine. So, but apparently he's making plays out there, and you may see him returning some kicks, maybe punts. Um, that is a name that uh, you, you're hearing a lot of good things about. Jaden Gibson, Jaden Gibson, the six five wide receiver, again freshman. You saw, I'm sure, the video over the weekend, the great one handed catch that he had. Marcus Major continues to get a lot of uh, attention as well. Uh, also talked about they like the freshman running backs, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. Dylan Gabriel, again, apparently has been a tremendous leader, and they love what they have at quarterback. Starting to hear some buzz on Tyler Guyton and two, a Jake and a Jacob on the offensive line, Jake Taylor and Jacob Sexton. Now, again, some of these young guys, just if they're performing at a level maybe you didn't quite expect this early in their careers, R. Mason Thomas is that guy on defense, right? Absolutely. Um, and defensively, you're hearing again, Justin Harrington maybe has been the individual story of camp so far. How about that kid, man? And then uh, Billy Bowman was singled out by Brandon. He did, said this earlier in the week. He's been their best defensive player so far. Deshaun White apparently is doing very well. Uh, David Aguebu, Danny Stutzman. But a lot of buzz, again, also for our Mason Thomas. Anything else you want to throw in there? This was from Chris Plank's notes from the Sooner Club meeting. I would think that, especially with Brendan Walker now medically retired yeah, I as saw of that. Saturday, uh, I would think Justin Harrington's back on scholarship here before too long. I mean, that guy has blown mm-hmm. people away in camp, and he has opened some eyes. Now, as of right now, he's probably in line to start. Yeah. He's probably going to be right. among yeah. the starting 11 for Oklahoma when they trot out a week and a half from now at the Palace on the Prairie against UTEP. Uh, you mentioned the Jakes, Jake Sexton and Jake Taylor. Those two are both going to be very – very good. And I was talking to one source on Jake Sexton that told me, look, if we needed him to, and we probably don't we probably don't want him to for obvious reasons, but if we needed him to, he could play. He could play right now. He could play offensive tackle for us. Now, in a perfect world, you let Sexton develop for at least a year. Uh, you have Anton Harrison and Wanye Morris firmly entrenched as your starting tackles, and then maybe Tyler Guyton pushes one of those guys over the last week and a half of fall camp uh, or preseason practices, I guess, is where we're at at this point. But uh, as you continue to creep closer and closer, uh, I believe Guyton's on the two deep one way or another, but I'd still lean Harrison and Morris as your starting tackles. In a perfect world, Sexton and Taylor spend a year just getting acclimated, and then they're very much in the fray uh, in terms of being able to contend for a starting job come this time next season uh, but to add to your point on Jaden Gibson as well another guy uh, another freshman receiver beyond Gibson and Freeman that has really opened eyes is Nick Anderson 
talking. Nick Anderson might see the field a lot more than a lot of people are anticipating him seeing the field. He has been very good in camp. So all across the board, Mike, you are seeing a lot and you are hearing a lot of very nice things about this incoming freshman class. And that is an unambiguously good thing. Because if you have youngsters that are providing legitimate competitive pushes to the veterans, the various position groups across the board, your team is better for it. And so regardless of how many snaps somebody like Nick Anderson or Jacob Sexton or Caden Helms, R. Mason Thomas, Robert Spears Jennings, what have you, regardless of how many snaps those guys get, the very fact that they are there and pushing and competing and making sure that the elder statesmen among those position groups are winning their jobs the hard way, you get very excited about the direction of yeah. this football team as a whole. Absolutely, no doubt about it. By the way, NIL News, ladies and gentlemen, I'm the man of steel here at the NIL News desk. Hooters is now giving out NIL deals to 51 college football players, offensive linemen in particular, six are Sooners. Getting deals, Tyler Guyton, McCade Matower, Anton Harrison, Andrew Rame, Chris Murray, and Wanye Morris. All now NIL'd up with Hooters. How about that? Nice. I remember back in the day. Oh, my gosh. this was, I knew there was a Hooters story <laughs> no. coming. I knew it. This involved the great Billy Tubbs, who did his radio show back. This would have been like, what, 93, something like that. And Billy was doing his radio show at Hooters. And people got very upset about that. I believe there was a story in, like, USA Today with, like, Billy walking through a crowd into Hooters. There were, like, protesters out there for a while. So it's come a long way. That would have been about 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago, I think. Would have been 30 years ago. I believe, well, maybe if it was 93, but... Does anybody out there old enough as me remember that controversy when Billy did the radio show from the Hooters on Northwest Expressway and people were there were people who were very upset. I don't think Billy cared that much because Billy was Billy. One listener says Hooters totally missed it by not offering 69 players NIL deals. (laughs) That tax was meant for Teddy. Yes, it was definitely meant for Teddy Lehman. No doubt. Is that Cowherd top 10 clickbait or fake news? It was fake, fake news. news. Yeah. yeah. Fake news. So Cowherd, uh, he's got some he's got some bad takes. I don't think even his takes are that bad. Um Parker, which freshman running back has the best year? I still go with Javante Barnes. I think Gavin Sawchuk's gonna make that an interesting conversation, though. And as of right now, I think beyond Eric Gray who looks night and day different from what he looked like a year ago uh, physically as well as in terms of his play, per what I've been told. Beyond Eric Ray, I don't know if there is a clear number two right now. Could be Marcus Major, could be Javante Barnes, could be Gavin Sawchuk. Over the first two weeks of the season, that will be a battle that you want to pay I attention bet, to. I bet it's going to be Major. You think so? I do. Now, again, um, we'll see. 
but it looks like they feel pretty good about that depth in the running back room. Difference between Barnes and Sawchuck and their style of running. Sawchuck maybe a little faster with his speed. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the fastest guys on the roster. Right. And even DeMarco Murray said as much. But Barnes is the more complete back, I would say. You got a little bit of thunder and lightning type of vibe. Right? Barnes has speed, but he doesn't have true breakaway like, just beat everybody to the edge and say, see ya type of speed like Gavin Sawchuck does. But between the tackles, I think Barnes is the better option. So, any way you slice it, you are set up very nicely over the next few years at the University of Oklahoma, if you're DeMarco Murray in particular, because you have two backs whose skill sets complement each other very well. And, oh, you got two more really capable backs yeah. en route to Norman as well in Caleb Hicks and Dalen Smothers in the 2023 recruiting class. There you go. All right. Uh, somebody says it'll be Tawi Walker. Uh, and he's not out of the picture either. That's a guy that could see snaps. Bentavious Thompson has been good too. Like, Here's the thing. You can't make space and you can't give snaps to six different running backs. So some dudes are going to win their snaps. Some dudes are going to lose their snaps. And I don't know which way it swings right now. That's why the UTEP game and the Kent State game are going to be worth paying attention to, specifically as it pertains to the dis- the distribution of touches in the backfield. Because Eric Gray is going to get plenty of run. Beyond that, we're going to find out who DeMarco Murray has the most trust in and who he can place the most trust in heading to the meat of this schedule, which begins on September 17th when you go to Lincoln. No doubt. Uh, why didn't Hooters sign General Booty? Hooters and General Booty, the ads sell themselves. Hmm. How are the transfer wide receivers looking? Haven't heard anything about them. Uh, Hester and uh, LB Bunkley Shelton. Yeah, and I think those are two guys. I, to be honest, I just haven't heard a whole lot about them, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I think the prevailing storylines amongst that positional group coming out of camp have been uh, A, the emergence of Jalil Farouk, B, the return of Theo Weiss, and then see what you're starting to figure out you have at your disposal and a couple of, a couple of talented freshman guys that are capable of seeing the field right off the bat in Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson. So I think the guys that aren't in line to start and also aren't true freshmen are naturally going to get talked about a little less. And that's not just L.V. Bunkley Shelton and J.J. Hester. That's also Brian Darby and Trayvon West and even Drake Stoops. Right, So I don't necessarily take it as an indication that uh, they've had a bad camp or that they're not in the picture. I just think more often than not, the, th- the nice things that you hear out of fall camp are more often than not going to be about the freshmen and it's going to be about the starters. Mm. And anybody that really emerges out of nowhere, similar to what you've seen with a guy like Justin Harrington, as somebody that you didn't expect to be in the mix to start but suddenly is. I think your top tier at the wide receiver position at OU is pretty well defined between Theo Weiss, Marvin Mims, Jaleel Farouk, and Drake Stoops. All right, by the way, can we get our booty, 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 booty to go in the break because we got a good one for General Booty. Word is Hooters was going to sign General Booty but saw him as a conflict of interest in the end. 
Zane in Tulsa. Well done. Oh, I like it, Zane. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just what OU needs, Hooters and General Booty. Uh, okay, we're going to we, – we, we need to get the text yeah, line back on track. We do. Steely. We, we got to take a break right here. We'll come back to the text line, by the way. All right, uh, 405-651-3439 right here on the home of Sooner fans, Steel Man and Thune, on the Ref Radio Network, Xanadu from Rush. Oh, epic, epic song. So good. I mean, that is – That's magic to my ears. I wish we could just play it. All right, we'll be right back here on The Ref. All right, welcome back. Monday edition, Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, The Ref Radio Network. (laughs) I was just reading, see if I could go ahead and Google it up, the uh, Billy Tubbs Hooters controversy back in the day, which wasn't a huge controversy, but... I'm seeing uh, this was in the uh, Tampa Bay Tribune way back in the day in 1992. Tubbs of Trouble. Oklahoma coach Billy Tubbs' weekly radio show originates from a Hooters restaurant in Norman, and a number of people are upset, including the president of the Cleveland County National Organization for Women and the OU Women's Student Association. Linda Lyons, the association's president, said, I was more uncomfortable there than in any strip bar. Hooters is a chain that features scantily clad waitresses. OU President Richard Van Horn said there's a contract to do the show at Hooters this year, but he will ask Tubbs not to have it there next season. I never, ever thought that anybody would be offended, Tubbs said. It's a family restaurant. They don't even sell whiskey there. It's just beer and wine. If this offends offends people, then so should the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. I didn't think I'd have to go through special interest groups to clear my show, said Billy Tubbs back in 1992 on the radio show at Hooters Controversy. Billy was one of a kind. Oh, Billy. What a classic. What a classic. I don't know that it's necessarily a family restaurant, but... Yeah, I would not categorize it as a family restaurant. Did you ever see Um, the episode of South Park where, uh, was it Butters who... You know, uh, the the M.O. there is, hey, I don't care what the dude looks like. He might look like Quasimodo, but you let that guy feel like you're going to be his girlfriend, all right? That's how you get the tips here. So just cozy on up to him and make him feel like he's like Brad Pitt or something. Well, there was an episode where they had that in South Park where, like, Butters was at their Hooters restaurant in South Park, and the waitress kept flirting with him and then broke his heart because she really, you know, was just looking for tips. So, anyway, just a moral of the story. The girl at Hooters probably doesn't really like you that much. Just saying. Uh, okay, uh, hold, hold up, hold up. What? Patrick on the text line says, didn't a certain radio host offer free beer to the now organization to come to Hooters? Uh, I don't know. Uh, back in the day, that may have happened. I was just coming back to Oklahoma City for my TV stint in Wichita Falls at the time, so I just remember that being. It was like in USA Today, too, you know, the story on the Hooters controversy. Okay, we have a definitive ruling from one listener in the 580. Hooters has a kid's menu that makes it a family restaurant. <laughs> All right, there you go. There you go. Who so. I, like what? Who takes their kid to Hooters? I, like I don't know. At what? What? 
I'm trying to fathom. I'm doing my best to fathom how like you're just you get home from work one evening. It's like five thirty. Honey, let's uh, let's all go out for a meal. Where do you want to go? Hooters. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's make it happen. There might be a redneck family out there, you know, that does that, right? Occasionally. Hey, get on over. Hey, Junior, you want to see what ladies are all about? Well, let's get a over to Hooters, all right? They got chili dogs over there, and ladies ain't wearing hardly anything, Junior. This will be your sex education beginning right here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A family restaurant. Now, uh, <laughs> I'm just that's glad, such a Billyism right there. I bet that he came was, out of Billy Tug's mouth. I think mouth that because... Billy was saying that somewhat tug in cheek. It was called raisins in South Park. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so good. Uh, so now the text line said Twin Peaks is better anyway. <laughs> you know what the uh, the biggest redneck one name is? Is the one that called. Uh, they're still out there. Uh, but, well, yeah, we. this is a family operation here. We don't have to worry about that. The one that calls itself Emerson Biggins. Get it? It's I'm processing. Emerson Biggins. Okay, got you. Um, <laughs> somebody on the text line said, Hooters is G-rated <laughs> compared to Twin Peaks. I've never been either place, so I can't render a verdict. I just know... I, I, Hooters advertises. Does Twin Peaks advertise? Can they advertise? Yes, they can advertise if you want to take. Yeah, yeah, you want to take their money. They've they've advertised. I took. Oh our, boy, what, this wait, is. Wait. Oh boy, the, the text line is not in a good place right now. <laughs> this is quickly descending into anarchy and chaos. Dan in Madison, Mississippi, says, "What dad doesn't take his twelve-year-old son to Hooters?" Uh. <laughs> My father-in-law accidentally took our five-year-old to Twin Peaks once. Someone said, I raised two girls. We went to Hooters all the time. Hmm. How I, old were they? I mean, if they're, I don't know. It's your call. Just saying. Somebody else said, Parker, you obviously haven't dealt with travel baseball dads. Twin Peaks, Hooters, they're all fair game. Now, listen, my dad was a travel baseball dad because I played travel baseball for years and years. Uh, we never patronized a Twin Peaks or a Hooters. That might have just been because we were driving all around rural Nebraska where in most small towns there's little more than a subway usually. Mm -hmm. Well, your but, dad's a minister. He's not going to take you. That would have been, you know. Can you imagine the photos, the possibilities? I mean, you could be tempted to pull an Urban Meyer there. You never know. Hopefully he wouldn't, but I'm just saying. Somebody said, Parker Hooters is not a strip club, LOL. Yes, I realize that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. this is here's the, the, the issue is we're getting more texts about Hooters than we've probably ever gotten about one single topic Dating back to when Caleb Williams was in the transfer portal, honestly. I just like, can I read Billy's quote again, his old quote? This is such a Billyism. I never, ever thought that anybody would be offended, Tubbs said. It's a family restaurant. They don't even sell whiskey there. It's just beer and wine. If this offends people, then so should the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. You know what? 
He's got a point there on the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Does he not? Do they are the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders still around? Do they still have cheerleaders? They're still there, and you okay. know what? They're still scantily clad. Okay, yeah, I know some NFL teams have gone away from cheerleaders. So, and I don't, I don't keep up with the cheerleading world. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one listener says, "I've never been so uncomfortable than when my eight-month pregnant wife decided she wanted to eat at Twin Peaks." <laughs> Guess that's pregnancy cravings for you, man. I, just, I don't know either. Uh, another says, my wife worked at Hooters for years and says there were always kids around, and most times the dads were not as creepy as the single guys. Oh, yeah, I could buy that. Absolutely. My mom, this comes from another listener, my mom took me into Hooters while my dad was out on the road working shows. She also let me get autographs on my shirt from all the waitresses. The Dallas Cowboys are offensive to the sport of football. <laughs> Just a big one coming uh, in, and, coming in from all caps, guy. Somebody says my four-year-old's favorite food is wings, and his favorite restaurant is Hooters. LOL. Another says Hooters is better. Hooters girls flirt with you, while Twin Peaks girls sit and eat your food for you. I would not let anyone eat my food for me. I don't care what no, restaurant I'm at. No. Um, Hooters still has better odds of being a family restaurant than Texas does of beating Bama. Yes, can confirm. <laughs> Shane from Newcastle says, a lot of my friends who were Thunder Girls work at Hooters. <laughs> Probably the last text we'll read on this topic. This conversation proves Hooters made the right decision <laughs> in signing the O-line. Amen. Yeah, that's right. You nailed it right there. Nailed it. All right, 405-651-3439, because Hooters announced a uh, NIL deal with, uh, what was it, 51 different players, college football players, including six from OU, Tyler Guyton, Anton Harrison, Wanye Morris, Andrew Rame, Chris Murray, McCade Matower. All NIL'd up with Hooters now. And I, I, it brought me back to the days when Billy, again, there was a semi-controversy way back in the day. I believe it was 92 maybe 93, when he had his radio show at Hooters, and uh, now the National Organization of Women came after him. But Billy soldiered on like Billy did and did things his way because that's Billy freaking Tubbs, legend. All right, we're going to break right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, hour number two, brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Great deal on a car, truck, or SUV. More text on the way, and we'll talk about uh, what's happening this weekend in college football. Keep it here in the ref. All right, we are back. Riverwind Casino. We love the folks over at Riverwind, and a great promotion winds down this Saturday, and that's the race to the Red River promotion happening at Riverwind, where you can win one of three trips they are giving away to the Red River Showdown down in Dallas, Sooners in Texas. All you have to do is play with your wild card. Get out that wild card, put it in one of the electronic gaming machines, and play, 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 get as many points on that wild card as you can. And then uh, 5 o'clock, uh, August 26th, this Saturday, they're going to tabulate 
uh, and tally all the points. And the top three players who earn the most points are going to be awarded trips to the Red River Showdown, including a pair of game day tickets, your hotel stay, your ground transportation, everything. And again, all of these uh, packages, three of them, they're worth nearly $3,000 each. So play with your wild card to win right now. The race to the Red River promotion. We're in the fourth quarter now. So get out there. And as Alec Baldwin said in Glengarry, Glen Ross, A always, B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. So you need to close it out. And maybe you'll be one of the lucky uh, trio of patrons who get to go to the race to the Red River, courtesy of uh, Riverwind Casino and uh, everything you need for the Red River Showdown between OU and Texas. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, uh, so this Saturday we talked about uh, really Nebraska Northwestern is pretty much it. 11.30 on Fox, uh, playing in Dublin, Ireland. You've got other games, Nevada, New Mexico State, Austin P. Western Kentucky, Idaho State at UNLV, UConn at Utah State, Wyoming at Illinois, Duquesne at Florida State, Charlotte at Florida Atlantic, Florida A&M at North Carolina, North Texas at UTEP, maybe the second most important game of your Zero weekend viewing plan because obviously the Sooners open up with UTEP uh, the next Saturday. And then you've got Vandy at Hawaii late. Now, things change with the real first week when you have uh, Thursday night, like September 1st, we've got West Virginia at Pitt. The backyard brawl is back. Oklahoma State's playing on a Thursday night on FS1. Cowboys will host Central Michigan. You've got Ball State at Tennessee, Penn State and Purdue and West Lafayette on Fox. Uh, the Big Ten, again, play some, you know, conference games early in the schedule. Last year, was it uh, was it Ohio State-Minnesota that started last year early? No, no, because I remember, I remember watching that game in my apartment here in Norman. And I think that was a true week one game, if I recall correctly. Okay. Because I remember watching... I remember watching Nebraska and Illinois up in Kansas right. City. Right, it was a week one game. But, yeah, yeah wasn't that Bob Stoops' first uh, broadcast where he was out there on the set? I think it may have been. Somebody help me out. Yeah, yeah, that, that would have been. That would have been. If not that, then it would have been Nebraska-Illinois. I, I remember maybe – I think it may have been Ohio State-Minnesota. But, again, I'm old. I have no idea who I am right now. Who am I? Why am I here? But the uh, I remember he. you could tell he was having some problems with his IFB. It may have had an echo in it or something or he couldn't hear. You know that feeling. You've been on TV before. Uh, the Mix Plus. Well, yeah, when the Mix Plus happens or there's nothing in your IFB and you've got a guest or something, you can't – he may have not been able to hear those guys talking at all you know, in that raucous crowd that they had, or you get the mix plus, which is not good. So, by the way, for those unfamiliar, that's when you hear yourself right on a delay of about half a second yeah. to a full second. It is very difficult Full on feedback to maintain. And I remember it. I did a complete episode of the Thunder Insider show that we taped. And, well, actually, they couldn't fix it for some reason. So and our first segment was like 11 minutes. So I'm doing that, talking to our guests at the time. And I had that feedback the whole time. I don't know how I got through it, but somehow I did. I'm sure I looked like I was, Steely looks like he's drunk or something. What's going on? You know, but 
I'm not sure if anybody watched that show at the time anyway. So, anyway. Okay, uh, so again, then Friday night, September 2nd, you got TCU at Colorado. The Buffaloes used to uh, be pretty, pretty good. Not so much anymore. They're a non-factor. Uh, Illinois and Indiana, you got Tennessee Tech playing at Kansas. I think Kansas, you know, there's still going to be Kansas in football, but I think Lance Leipold has done a pretty good job, don't you? He has done a pretty good job, and I I said it last week on the show. I think that's a program that could realistically win five games in 2022. I do think they're headed in the right direction, and I do think Leipold is the guy to turn it around. It is not going to happen overnight or anything close to overnight. You are not going to get a microwave bowl team in he, Lawrence, Kansas. He is not Mark Mangino, but he looks pretty good so far. Mark Mangino, what he did there was unbelievable, if you think about it. All right, and then uh, Saturday, September 3rd, you have, of course, UTEP at Oklahoma 2.30 on Fox, but you've got three of the big games. The biggest two are Notre Dame and Ohio State at the Horseshoe on ABC. Oregon and Georgia will play in Atlanta 2.30 on ABC. And then uh, this one's an interesting one, Cincinnati at Arkansas, 2.30 on ESPN. What do you think of that one? You like Cincinnati or you like Arkansas? I like Arkansas. That's a real early litmus test for Cincinnati. Coming off a year in which they became the first group of five program ever to make the college football playoff, now they got to face a team in Arkansas that was probably a little bit better than their record showed last year and that enters – 2022 with plenty of returning talent and obviously you got to replace Traylon Burks that's the big question mark but they brought in Jaden Hazelwood to do just yeah, that they did absolutely uh Sam Pittman's done a nice job with the Hogs no doubt you've got Rice at Muleshoe five o'clock on the Pac-12 network I, I I've got to get some Rice gear and uh I don't think it'll happen that week but maybe the following week when they play at Stanford, and guess what? That's a that's an ABC primetime game, Saturday, September tenth, uh, USC at Stanford. Please, David Shaw, get Stanford going again. And I would love to see Muleshoe take a beating. I mean, uh, a major beating on national television is what he deserves. No Stanford doubt. football is not in a very good spot right no, now. No, it's not, man. And you it's used kind to bank of, on them every year that they were going to be a big factor in the Pac-10 and they were going to play tough football. They were going to, you know, uh, the flashier teams were going to have to deal with Stanford, and Stanford held their own time and time again. It's kind of wild that David Shaw is still the head coach there and still making as much money as he is there given how bad they've been over the last few years. Yeah, it's been surprising. But maybe – Maybe it'll happen. I can hope. All right. Uh, just don't let Central Michigan have the ball in a close game at the end of the fourth with an extra play. Yeah, that was a crazy. Uh, the Chippewas came to Stillwater, and that was uh, wasn't that, that uh, was crazy. Wasn't that future Dallas Cowboys legend Cooper Rush? It was. Yes, it was. Absolutely it was. Okay. Uh, let's take a break right here. A little early break. We'll get back to as many texts as we can, but, uh, you'll be, you'll be in front of the two for Nebraska Northwestern. Are you traveling this weekend? Uh, I will be on the road this weekend. We will discuss that later in the week as to where I will be, but yes, I will be on the road. When is kickoff of that Nebraska? 1130. Okay. I'll get to watch it. Okay. I'll get to watch. We'll break right here. Recruiting updated more coming up next. 
We very much appreciate our hour to sponsor the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, exit 72, for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV. Great guarantee after the sale. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. It's a heck of a deal right there. Heck of a deal. Okay, uh, recruiting update this Friday. It's Friday. Let's party. It's going to be a big one. Uh, Sooner fans will probably have a reason to celebrate because it looks like that uh, Macari Vickers is, uh, I don't know, what do you say, 98% Oklahoma? 95? I would be astonished if he is not a Sooner this Friday. Yes, most people would. But uh, Anthony Evans, two, three weeks ago, we're thinking, yep, the Sooners are going to get Macari Vickers and Anthony Evans on the 19th. And now there are a lot of people thinking that Georgia is very much in the mix. There are a couple of people with crystal balls for Georgia, some for Oklahoma. What do you think is going to happen uh, with, with Anthony Evans? I mean, there's, there's no telling. The next few days are going to be very telling. And I think, as I mentioned at the top of the show, a lot can change in the span of these few days that lead up to Anthony Evans' commitment. I think the kid in his heart of hearts wants to be at Oklahoma. But I feel as though Georgia has made it very difficult for him to say no to them as well. It's going to be one of those two schools. And I don't know that I would favor one over the other right now. There are people who believe Oklahoma is going to be the spot. There are people who are going to believe Georgia is going to be the spot. Again, I keep going back to the resume at the wide receiver position for these two schools. Georgia is not exactly a wide receiver factory. Oklahoma very much is. And so that, combined with the relationships with Jackson Arnold and LaDamian Washington, are going to keep Oklahoma in the thick of this all the way up until the bitter end, whether that comes this Friday or on signing day in December. So I don't know, Mike. I really don't. I won't act like I do. Right now, I could just as easily say he's going to be a bulldog as I could say he's going to be a Sooner. Well, I may have a better read on this thing in 48, 72 hours. Hopefully I do. But as of right now, I I don't know. This one could swing either way down the stretch. If this is a coin flip right now, then would you think that – you mentioned, again, we've talked about Georgia, uh, who they've had recently, A.J. Green, you know, has been in the league in the NFL for a while. Uh, Nicole Hardman, obviously, with, uh, with Kansas City. Uh, you go back to Heinz Ward and Champ Bailey and some guys like that. But they haven't had the uh, recent history, certainly, uh, or even the, you know, I'm not even the all-time history that the Sooners have had at that position. But could proximity be the biggest factor down the stretch here, perhaps? The fact that if his, you know, family wants to go see him play, that Norman's a much easier trip, no doubt, than Athens, Georgia. I don't know how much you know what the family's financial situation is or how that would work, but maybe that could be a factor in Oklahoma's favor down the stretch if it's indeed you know kind of a coin flip right now. Yeah, that's going to be the one that uh, I, I would expect some late movement. I would expect this thing to swing in favor of either OU or Georgia late in the process, where you see uh, a large number of expert predictions go in Wednesday or Thursday for one school or the other. Uh, in the recruitment of Anthony Evans. And again, right now, I I just don't know. I think both schools are about on equal footing. 
You said, by the way, uh, other recruiting updates. DJ Hicks kind of in the same mode right now. Still feeling Oklahoma for him. Yep. Uh, Jordan Renaud to Suliakana. Any uh, updates? Any still still like Oklahoma in both of those recruitments as well. Peyton Bowen, or you're done with Peyton Bowen, right? Those are like two <laughs> oh, curse words, man. Peyton and Bowen. I. How, how how are we still talking about this, man? Like, I figured without question we would have a decision, a final decision by now. And here we are, and we still don't. And there are those – uh, we had Brandon Drum on the show Friday afternoon. He said expect something by the 25th. Well, we're getting real close to the 25th. Mm, that's that's Thursday. later this week. That's Thursday. So if we don't have something by then, Mike – Oh boy, I I I might just I might just rage quit on covering that <laughs> recruitment. Uh, we'll because see. It's just Maybe been so drawn out. Thursday could be big, Dan. So Thursday could be really big. All right, from the nine one eight, me and my brother are messaging each other from our jobs to see how many of our texts get read. Can you give Tyler from Kellyville a shout out? Thanks, guys. Nope, not giving Tyler from Kellyville a shout out. That's that's a way to uh, – th- that was very inventive. What about Oklahoma Johnny? He comes in as Oklahoma Johnny, and he signs his tweets, Oklahoma Johnny. I'm torn on watching the Rice-USC game. I'd watch Boring Rice uh, beat that you-know-what, but I also don't want it to be viewed as USC getting love, so very conflicted. Don't, doesn't want to give Mule Shoe a view, I think, is what he's saying. Well, Mule Shoe's, Mule Shoe's getting his check one way or another. I don't think your view, Oklahoma Johnny, is going to significantly contribute to Mule Shoe's bottom line. Is uh, Mule Shoe, when you think rat bastards in college football, Mule Shoe still at the top right now? Yes. Say yes. Yes. I mean, who's in the running? Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, certainly. Same uh, same agent. Trace Jimbo Armstrong. Fisher's absolutely in the Jimbo mix. Fisher, yes. He's like the, the hillbilly rat. You know what? <laughs> Jimbo, you sound like, you know, he won't say that about us. That's fine. You know, he, we, these kids, none of these kids and their families. I mean, he is just, I mean, jeez. Oh, man. Another listener says, Tyler from Kellyville is the worst. Well, we haven't officially shouted him out, but he's now been name-dropped three times on this segment. So <laughs> Tyler and his brother can fight amongst themselves as to whether that actually constitutes a shout-out. We try and get you as many texts as we can. Sometimes, man, they're just too hard to keep up with. I'm just telling him. We get a bunch of them. Bowen seems like a Kamar Wheaton situation, says one listener. Just keeps dragging out. Yes, exactly. Kam- the Kamar- The recruitment of Kamar Wheaton was a... Mystery wrapped in an enigma, right? Yes, all the way up until the very, very end. I remember sitting there late at night on December 23rd, 2020, waiting for the decision to come down for Kamar Wheaton and literally having no idea whether it was going to be Alabama or Oklahoma because not even his high school coaching staff knew whether it was going to be Alabama or Oklahoma. The kid didn't talk to anybody. Yeah, I, I can remember that recruitment. People were like, well, we think oh, you or what we're hearing, but we, you know what? We don't hear much. We never talk to the kid. And when you do, it's like he gives you nothing uh, if you're able to talk to him. So 
Anyway, I think that the rat bastards are better than Riley. He is lower than that. Please refer to Jimbo as Gumbo. Yes, he is Gumbo. I know he's Gumbo Fisher. <laughs> he is from Louisiana, so uh, if the that shoe was fits. still the greatest press conference ever. What in the running certainly when he came back at Nick Saban. So good. Where he just talked at everybody for eight minutes and then said, "I'm done." Yeah. And left. We're done. We're done. Okay. Uh, we got to get out of here. We want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group, Paul's Valley America. A great place, Paul's Valley America. And a great dealership there. Seth Wadley, exit 72. You're looking for a uh, tremendous deal on a car truck, SUV, maybe a used car. With great service after the sale, they have it for you. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right. You all ready to get locked in? You should be. An hour of brilliant radio with all the Sooner news you need. Coming up featuring Tyler McComas and Parker Thune. Right here on the ref that is coming up. And uh, once again, appreciate all the texts today. We try and get to as many as we can. But, hey, there are leftovers in the fridge for uh, Locked In, and they're good leftovers. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll see you.